Why do we choose to live our life for God? Because he first chose to share his life with us. Welcome friends to Sipping on the Sabbath. I'm Father Alan McDonald. You have eight seconds to get yourself a Bible and a coffee. Three, two, one, go. So it is very good to have uh, all of you here today uh, with me, whether you're watching this on a video or those of you who are listening on a podcast, as you're driving in a car or working out at the gym or hanging out at a coffee shop, wherever it is you are today, I'm just very glad that you are with me. This Sipping on the Sabbath family membership continues to increase. So don't forget, if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Uh, give this video a like. That would do me a world of honor. So we're going to talk about choices today. And I entitled this reflection Pro-Choice, being pro-choice for God. And we're going to start by looking at the first reading we have today from the book of Sirach. It comes from the second century BC. It's part of wisdom literature, and it was written by a guy called Ben Sirach. And he says to us that if you choose, if you choose your own choice, whichever you choose, whichever one chooses, so again, it's about choice. And I looked up on the internet a couple of definitions for the verb to choose. And these are two I came up with. To pick out or select some one or something as being the best or most appropriate of two or more alternatives. Or to decide on a course of action, typically after rejecting alternatives. So think about all the choices that we make in the course of a single day. We choose a lot of things. We choose whether we're going to get up as soon as the alarm goes off or choose to hit the snooze button multiple times. <laughs> we get out of bed and we have a choice to make. Am I going to be in a good mood today or am I going to be in a foul mood today? You know, if I get up in the morning and decide today's going to be a poopy day, well, guess what? It's a poopy day. But if I get up and decide, nope, today is the day to give gratitude to God and to be thankful and to be positive and optimistic, my day tends to be much more positive and optimistic and focused on being grateful and thankful for what the Lord has and is still doing in my life and in your life. So it's a question of choosing. Will I pray? Will I meditate every day? or not? Will I eat healthily? Will I exercise? Will I study? Will I rest? Or will I not? I have to choose to do that. Will I listen to the voice of God in my head? Or will I instead listen to the other crazy voices in, in my head? I have to choose. If you think of these voices being like two dogs barking, which, which dog am I going to feed? Which dog am I going to pay attention to? The one that I ignore tends to die off. It's the one that I give attention and time to that gets stronger and stronger. So I want to listen to the voice, the promptings, the inspirations of the Holy Spirit in my life. And if these other barkings come along, we say, in the name of Jesus, just be gone. I choose to renounce you. I choose to reject you. Get lost. Go where you came from. You don't belong here, etc. But it's a, it's a choice, a choice I need to make. Will I go to work? And will I work faithfully, diligently in the course 
of the day or not? Will I go to school or not? And if I go to school, will I choose to pay attention and choose to give my all, understanding that it is God's will at this stage in my life, if I'm a student, that I am a student. And this is how I'm going to grow in holiness, by doing my homework, staying attentive in class, etc. So it's choices. All of these choices we have to make in our life. Will I go to bed on time at the end of the day, or will I not? Understanding that whatever choices I make, they do have consequences in my life, and they can have effects in the life of people that I live with, that I work with, that I go to school with. So again, these choices, I want to choose the Lord. I want to choose each and every day to begin on my knees saying, God help me to do and know your will and the power to carry that out and help me to choose as situations arise to follow your will. I choose to offer my life and live my life in conformity with God's will because he first chose to share his life with us. And again, Sirach says, stretch out your hand for whichever you choose. Am I stretching out my hand as an orphan, grasping, just clasping on to people, places, and things? Or am I stretching out my hand perhaps like this, as a way inviting the Lord to put his hand in mine. I choose him. He has chosen me. And so, Lord, let's do this. Let's get going together, Lord. Lead me on. Holy Spirit, God, my Heavenly Father, thank you for your love in my life. So these choices that we make. And what assists us, the, the gift, the virtue the power that assists us in making these choices for the Lord is wisdom. The gift of wisdom offers us the, the grace to properly choose according to the will of God. Now, wisdom is not just the accumulation of knowledge. It's the application of the accumulation of all of this knowledge that we gain through the experiences of life. Now, some of us learn by reading a book. Others of us have to learn by holding on to an electric fence. <laughs> and if you've ever held on to an electric fence, you don't do it a second time, right? You can either learn the easy way or sometimes we learn the hard way. Regardless, in both circumstances, we can indeed gain some wisdom. Pain, in 12-step recovery jargon, is the touchstone of growth in the spiritual life. Life is hard. It's very difficult for many of us these days, particularly with the financial insecurity going on, inflation, the cost of everything going up, uh, wars and threats of other wars, etc. Life is very hard. Domestic life is very difficult. Maybe some of you are going through particular difficulties, physical, spiritual, emotional, and we'll pray about that and for that at the end of this video. But life is hard. But can I see in the circumstances of my life that the Lord is still very much at work? Pain is the touchstone of growth in the spiritual life. We cannot avoid it. But how many of us sometimes are paralyzed with fear? 
we we make choices that are not, that are not correct. Okay, well, instead of beating myself up about that, beating myself up about the fact that I made a mistake, renouncing the, the false notion of shame, which tries to tell me that I'm a mistake, just because I've made a mistake doesn't mean I'm a mistake. Instead, I can turn that into an opportunity for growth. And I can say, you know what? Today, I've learned something. I learned when I hold on to an electric fence, that's not good. So I don't want to do that again. I made a mistake, but I've learned something. Many of us, again, as I said, are paralyzed by fear of making a mistake and we don't want to choose. FOMO, fear of missing out. What if something else comes about? What if I'm already committed here and I have to go over there? What am I going to do? It's life. It'll, it'll, it'll be okay. God is with us. But if we allow these crazy notions and these, these, these fears to rule our life, we're not going to grow in wisdom. We're going to instead just think we can just stay in our own little cocoon, shut off from the rest of the world, produce this cute, comfortable, manageable, polite, little controlled environment for myself, but that's not living. To live is to step out and to step up, as I said in quoting Dr. Jordan Peterson in my video of last week. So we need to make choices and we need the gift of wisdom. And St. Paul says that when we have God's wisdom, as opposed to the wisdom of the world, we are that much more able to choose correctly. And we learn from our experiences. The wisdom of the world says, get all you can get, however you want to get it. Eat, drink, be merry, tomorrow we die. That's it. There's no future. There's nothing else beyond this. The wisdom of God, however, and it, when I read it to you, it, it does initially sound ironic or contradictory, but it is the will of God. And St. Paul is the one who teaches us about the will of God. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That is the wisdom of God. Do I find myself being rather small, insignificant, unimportant? Maybe in the eyes of the world I am, but not in the eyes of God, our Heavenly Father, that we are very, very important, each and every one of us, very precious, and God is overwhelmingly concerned with us. God chooses us. God, our Heavenly Father, chose to share his life with us in creating us human beings to be with him forever. Again, going back to the first reading we have from the, from the book of Sirach, he talks, about, he talks about trusting God. Trust in God, he says, and act faithfully. Do I? Do I trust in God? I suppose it's easy to trust in God when things are going well, but what about when things are not going so well? Do I still trust in God? God, you've not removed your hand from me. 
You were still looking after me. You still see me. I may not understand what's going on or why I'm being asked to do this or carry this particular cross or maybe why my prayer is not being answered. Help me to understand, Lord, that maybe it's being answered in a way different than I want it to be. And I really may not be able to see that right now. Help me to see that, Lord. Because if I don't trust in God, will I then that be that much more able to choose him? Maybe not. What has God, our Heavenly Father, done for us? Well, the book of Genesis tells us, specifically in chapter 2, that God himself got his fingernails dirty in creating you and me, calling us willing us human beings into existence and creating us. Genesis says that the Lord formed man from the dust of the earth. The Lord God, our Heavenly Father, was not afraid to get his hands dirty to call us into being. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty to continue to look after us. Genesis chapter 2 goes on to say that God shared his life with us, that he, God, breathed his life into Adam's nostrils, and Adam woke up. He who had been created from the dust of the earth is now alive. And you can imagine Adam's experience of that, coming alive in the presence of God. But that is something that all of us are called to experience, being alive in the presence of God, to choose God because God has first chosen us. And then God also gave us a purpose, a duty to live out here on this earth. Genesis says that God put Adam in the garden to till and keep it, that is to maintain it, and gave him authority over all the animals of the earth and all of creation. So we choose God, most importantly, because as St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, that while we were still sinners, God showed his love for us in sending Christ to save us. I cannot save myself. I cannot overcome myself. Who is going to save me? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, St. Paul says in Romans chapter 7. So God chose to act first, calling us into existence. God chose to act first in sending his son Jesus to die in our place to save us. We could not go back to him, and so he sent his son Jesus to us. And in the power of his Holy Spirit, which is the love personified between the Father and the Son, we can experience this new life, this new perspective, this new understanding, this new outlook on life. And everything changes, as I've said so many times, knowing that Jesus is our friend, everything changes. And so we go back to the words of Sirach in the first reading. Stretch out your hand for whichever you choose. And so will I today, by God's grace, open my heart to his power and his grace so that I can see clearly and I can stretch out my hand, not as an orphan or as a delinquent, searching and desperately trying to grasp onto something, anything, anybody, any place to satisfy me, to give me my identity. Instead, 
we stretch out our hand. Stretching out our hand, palm upward towards God our Father. And say, Lord, put your hand in mine. I'm stretching out to connect with you. And he does desire to connect with each of us, regardless of what's been going on in our life, yesterday or last month or 10 years ago. Whatever's going on, we just surrender all that to Jesus and take him by the hand as he extends his hand to us and we extend our hand to him and we journey along together. I choose you, Jesus. I choose you, Jesus, because you chose to cooperate with God, your heavenly Father, and you came here on earth to die in our place, making it personal, my place. You chose to die for me, Jesus. And so we're going to pray that we would be the beneficiaries of God's grace. We open our hearts, we choose the Lord wholeheartedly, and we pro-choice for God. And Jesus, you know, because he's Jesus, right, he is, he is the good shepherd, and the shepherd will sometimes have to do things to kind of get the sheep back uh, in line. Sometimes Jesus will give us a little, a little knuckle, you know, not, not a hard one, but <laughs> hard head, knuckle on the hard head here, but a little, little knuckle, right? And they talk about this in terms of managers of, of soccer or football clubs. Sometimes a manager has to give a player a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a knuckle to kind of smarten up a little bit. Sometimes a manager has to give a player a little little tap on the shoulder, uh, an encouragement to to encourage him to carry him along, right? So Jesus it gives us a little bit of a knuckle. He he uses the scribes and the Pharisees as an example. And he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of these Pharisees and scribes, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Which, by the way, as a little side point here, implies that it is possible not to go to heaven. Not everybody goes, okay? Just saying. But we will not be getting into heaven if we have the same attitude as the Pharisees and the scribes, which is a attitude or defective character of minimalism. Minimalism in the spiritual life. What do I need to do to keep God on my side or at least get the devil off of my back? What do I need to do to get 51% on the final exam or 50.5% on the final exam? What do I need to do to get into heaven? And beyond that, well, you know, that's just kind of greedy. But this, this minimalist attitude that Jesus criticized the Pharisees and scribes for cannot play a part in our spiritual life. God is not minimalist towards us. He is overwhelmingly concerned for us, overwhelmingly in love for us, overwhelmingly desirous to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, but there are also things that we must do for ourselves that God will not do for us, and we have to choose to decide for him. He's already decided for us. St. Paul gives us an arm on the shoulder, the encouragement to carry on, to keep our eyes fixed on the prize. He says that no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And St. Paul, you'll notice when you look at the Missal, there's, there's another set of quotation marks around that sentence because St. Paul is quoting 
It says in today's reading, as it has been written, St. Paul is actually quoting from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. So there's a quote in the second reading that, in, that contains another quote. Deep is calling on deep. <laughs> so St. Paul is, is, as a good uh, Jew, knowing his Old Testament scriptures, incorporating the, the prophecy of Isaiah here. So no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, help me to love you more. Jesus, help me to love you as you deserve to be loved because, again, you came to save me, making it always personal. So let's take all that now and make it into our, our prayer. So Jesus, we do thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of this online ministry. We thank you, Jesus, that you are attracting and bringing more and more members to join this family. We pray, Lord Jesus, for each person who is either watching or listening to this podcast right now, that you would right now, Jesus, at this very moment, speak gently and tenderly to our hearts. Lord Jesus, you know what's going on in our life. We don't need to tell you. But we do choose, Jesus. We do choose to surrender it all over to you. Stuff in our families, situations at work, circumstances at school, in our parishes, in the diocese, in our governments, in the church, the whole thing, Lord. We just give it all over to you. And we say, Lord Jesus, what would you have us do? How would you have us serve? Jesus, we desire to choose that. We thank you, Jesus, that you have come, that you have come in obedience to your Father's will to save us. And Holy Father, our Heavenly Father, our Father who loves us, we thank you that you chose to share your life with us. And Holy Spirit, we choose right now to open our hearts to a new experience of your love, a new experience of your convicting power to choose to put you, Jesus, and God, our Heavenly Father, in the very center of our life. Lord Jesus, minister to our hearts, our bodies, our minds. We pray for anyone carrying a very heavy burden in their life. We pray for anyone who is living under layers of sin in their life, anyone living in shame, anyone living in remorse, anyone living in fear, that this all be dispelled, Lord, with the healing grace and touch of your power, mercy, and peace. And Mother Mary and St. Joseph and our own patron saints, please pray for us today. We choose, Lord. We choose you because you first chose us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. God bless you there. If you're new to this channel, please uh, do subscribe. 
If you appreciate this video or audio podcast, please uh, give it a like. Thank you very much for your donations that make this ministry possible. I will be away this coming week. I'm going on a time of retreat to the Carmelite Monastery of St. Agatha in St. Agatha, Ontario, which is near Kitchener, Waterloo, for a time of writing, writing my talks and presentations for the season of Lent, which is soon among us. Surprise, surprise. So there'll be no sipping on the Sabbath episode next Sunday, but like they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. In the meantime, God bless you. Remember that we're powerless. That's when we're strong and victory is indeed gained through surrender. Stay caffeinated and may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bye-bye. <laughs>